This scripture reading and the following address were part of the YouTube streamed worship service from St Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia on December the 3rd, 2023. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au Today, the first Sunday in Advent is written in the Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 13. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to Peter, James, John, and Andrew, But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and put forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, watch, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake, watch. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, Let's pray. Lord, come to us. Come to us in your holy word this morning. And come to us with your deep grace and mercy. In your name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Well, brothers and sisters in Christ, let me ask you a question. Were you ready for the pandemic? Had you anticipated it? Were you preparing for it? Of course, uh, if you were and had, then you would have been about the only person on the planet who, uh, who was prepared, and the rest of us would want to know how it was that you knew and how come you were prepared. Well, there's an e a real irony in all of this, of course, because uh, a big focus in the past decade uh, in governance has been on risk management, risk assessment and management, assessing and preparing for all the different things that can go wrong. Well, that went well, didn't it? <laughs> uh, no one, no one was adequately waiting or watching for what came. Yes, even though there'd been uh, plenty of pandemics before. I think I remember seeing that somewhere at the time. And it tells the story, doesn't it? Well, when the pandemic came, we were all propelled into waiting 
and watching. Not for its coming, of course, but for its leaving. And for all the little leavings that we hope for along the, the way, uh, for the easing of restrictions and, yes, the time when we didn't have to wear those wretched masks, at least and not in normal circumstances. We waited and watched to visit our loved ones uh, again and, yes, together uh, for our family Christmas. Do you remember when we couldn't even do that? And when the restrictions did, in fact, ease, well, what a joy that was. What a joy to freely leave the house again and uh, to sit in a cafe to come here to church. Although we had to sit four metres apart, do you remember, or some distance apart. And, uh, of course, to receive Holy Communion again. We couldn't even do that to begin with. What a joy to send the kids back to school and uh, to visit loved ones, uh, loved ones in care and in hospitals, still with precautions, of course. What a, what a blessing to enjoy the liberty of life that we got used to, even travel overseas again, as I know some of us have done. So, is our waiting and watching all done with then? Are we completely satisfied now and uh, at peace with the world now that we have vaccines and a certain degree of immunity? Well, the truth is, no, we're not. There are other things to strive for and to anticipate studies to finish, home to pay off, children to educate, grandchildren to look after. We wait and watch for better relationships with those that we spend our time with, for that empty space inside to be filled. We hope that better times will come for the new generations, the generations that are growing up in a fragile and a, a fractured world. And we wait and watch too for the church, for the baptised people of God, for those we know who don't practise the faith they were given at their baptism, and for our own church and synod whose uh, future is not clear, far from certain. We're still waiting, we're still watching, because there are deeper things we need, more profound things for which we yearn. And this waiting and watching, let's face it, will go on until the day the Lord returns in glory. Until the one who made this world in the first place, the potter uh, who turned it on his wheel, comes to draw it all to himself and to put everything right. All our waiting and watching will finally be over then. It's that hour, that day, that time which we're really waiting for whether we know it or not. As the great St Augustine expressed it, you, O Lord, have made us for yourself and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. So we Christians wait and watch and we pray for the Lord to appear in glory as Jesus instructed us to do in the Gospel today. Our great prayer is come, come, Lord Jesus, come, come soon. But, uh, you know, Jesus doesn't leave us dangling on a line like a call centre phone queue. He doesn't leave us isolated in, in lockdown. Jesus has already come, of course, as you know. And he continues to come to his people every day, every day. When Jesus directs us to watch and wait for him, he's not just talking about his final coming, date and time unknown. 
He's also talking about his other comings too. He's coming in the manger, which we look forward to celebrating. He's coming on the cross, which we'll celebrate after that, when um, Lent and Easter come. And he's coming in, the wo- in his word and on his altar here, in our day too. And he's coming in you, in us, his people. The least of these, my brothers and sisters, from the Gospel last Sunday. In today's Gospel, spoken just the week before his death, Jesus said to uh, his disciples, or those four, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back. Whether in the evening, or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or at dawn. Now, if we stay awake for the next uh, chapter in Mark, there's a surprise. The time of God's salvation did come, but not as expected and when no one was watching. In the Garden of Gethsemane, just a few days later, Jesus again tells his sleepy disciples to watch. But when they wake up, all they see is betrayal and suffering. Yet this is the time and this is the place where the Lord comes in the darkest night of all. We're deliberately told in Mark 14, the following chapter, that it was evening when Jesus gave his body and blood to his disciples. We're deliberately told it was the middle of the night when his hour had come there in Gethsemane. We're deliberately told it was at cockcrow when the rooster crowed that Peter denied Jesus three times. And we're deliberately told it was early morning when Jesus was bound and handed over to Pilate. All those times that Jesus mentioned in the Gospel. The darkness, when nothing good seems to be happening, is the time to be alert and watchful because it's then, then that the Lord especially comes to his people. The whole course of the night is transformed from a time of sleep to a time of vigilance because the disciples and the church after them, us, we're doorkeepers in the house of the needy world that sleeps unknowingly on. And we're not finished watching and waiting even then because there are other doorkeepers too. There are the women watching at the tomb and there's another early morning as well. There's Easter morning when the news of Jesus' resurrection, of course, swept the disciples' uh, grief away. And ever since then, the Lord comes whenever and wherever this good news is proclaimed and infects our everyday being. The Lord comes into our night of need too, turning it into the day of salvation when the gospel of Jesus is given entry. As Jesus says in the text heaven and earth will pass away but my words the good news of his saving work will never pass away or lose its power the world's still a dark place of disappointment a dark house of disappointment for so many even though the pandemic is waning just the way of course christmas parties and christmas presents so often give way to emptiness again there are still plenty rooms of black rooms of of fear internationally of course we know and at home in streets and households but wherever the good news of jesus comes 
Wherever it's kept burning in the dark, wherever waiting disciples take Christ's midnight meal, wherever the alert, wherever you encourage one another, there that day and that hour come, and with them, the Lord himself. In this sad age, which frantically tries to create life by ever more production and consumption, waiting and watching are our special calling. Christian waiting, of course, isn't idleness, and it's certainly not sort of vacuous wakefulness, not frozen fearfulness or frantic phone scrolling because we can't stand um, stillness because it reveals, of course, uh, that our drive for more and more is misdirected. Christian waiting is alert attentiveness, watching for and open to the Lord's arrival in whatever situation he presents to us moment by moment, in whatever and in whomever is in front of us right there and then. Christian waiting is being as much as doing its relationship, it's engaging as much as it is achievement. As we each become agents of the Lord's coming to one another. Christian waiting is the bedside watch in Jesus' name. It's small acts of kindness, that glass of water done in Jesus' name, turning them into encounters with eternity. It's peaceful prayer and it's the painful cry of the heart, how long, Lord, how long? But that's waiting and watching too, Christian waiting and watching. It's the way of the cross, knowing that, what? The tomb is already empty. Of course, Christian waiting can be grand things as well. Each of the master's servants were given their own particular tasks, and we learned in the parable of the talents some time ago, according to their abilities. So grand tasks and activities are called for, for some. But waiting and watching is never absent even in them, knowing that all the grand achievements in this world will fade into obscurity with the Lord's final coming. Christian waiting and watching lets the Lord himself fill the void that the frantic world tries to avoid with busyness. And he does come. Jesus comes. But he's also doing something else. He's waiting and watching for that final time as well. He's waiting and watching too because he does not know when the Father will pull back the curtain and make all things new. Did you hear that in the text? Neither the angels nor the Son know that hour, but only the Father. So our waiting and watching is actually joining in with, piggybacking on our Lord's own waiting and watching with us. As he asked his disciples to do in Gethsemane, and as Mary and Joseph did with him through those long years of raising the baby announced by Gabriel and heralded by angels to shepherds quiet enough to notice as they watched their flocks by night. Be still and know that I am God is still the Lord's great promise and good news for us. So while we wait, dear people, while we wait and watch for the summer to advance and the calendar to flip to 2024, for the pandemic to be a distant memory, while we wait and watch for the transformation of this sad world, 
Don't forget to wait and watch for the coming of the Lord at the door he gives you every day with the people you are with every day. His coming that first Christmas and all his other comings, here too each Sunday, each Lord's staying with one another, are joyful down payments on his final appearing in glory. Of that you can be sure. And in the light of this then, let the peace of God that transforms our time and our understanding keep guard over your hearts and minds and keep them safe in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.